Welcome, everyone, to the very first completely unnecessary podcast with my co-host, Ian Ferguson. Howdy. I'm Pat Contry. Uh, you know, me and Ian talk a lot on the phone. We talk about old discussions about, you know, video game stuff, movie topics. So we thought, why not do a podcast? Three hundred episodes. Three hundred of them. Welcome to the completely unnecessary podcast. Three hundredth episode. Spectacular. Alongside Ian Ferguson. Spectacular. I'm Pat Contry. This is a celebration in some ways, but it'll be a nice show regardless. Uh, on the show today, we'll be talking about Nintendo going after a. Uh, uh, a Pokemon fan game, if you can call it that. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, Activision Blizzard's uh, plan to buy Kotaku and PC Gamer. That should be fun. NFTs up the wazoo again. Yeah. Um, and and CU Podcast 300 Memories. Yeah. How was your weekend, Ian? It was good. Big stuff. Uh, Windjammers 2 came out. Oh. Yep, and that's what I spent my weekend playing uh, when I had free time was Windjammers 2. It's really, really good. I like it a lot. Um, really minor tweaks kind of across the board. Um, they didn't change too much. I was afraid they were going to change too much, and it was going to, you know, they were going to try to... <clears throat> I mean, it's Windjammers. I mean, how much would they change? Well, I thought they were going to put in some sort of, like, input special moves and stuff like that. I figured they would try to go that route. Um, to spice it up but uh no they added a couple of new things um the gameplay is really fast really sharp uh, online seems to be pretty good sharp when i was playing online the other night there were 600 people playing online which was actually oh pretty damn good um the lowest i've seen so far is like 130 it is cross play between uh pc and xbox but i don't know if it's crossplay between Switch and PS4. Um, anyway, yeah, it's fantastic, and that was like the big, uh, the the positive part of my weekend. The negative part of my weekend was watching the Bills game on Sunday. Oh, oh boy, Ian. Yeah, that was uh, hard. I texted you thinking, oh, there's no way. With 13 seconds left. It's over. I, I have been a Bills fan oh, for boy. far too long to have felt anything but dread in oh, that boy. moment, and it happened exactly well, how I thought it was going to. They uh, why uh, they why they just kicked that off and did yeah, it, I have no idea. Usually, do that little pooch or squib kick, so like it forces you to like handle the ball and you take at least a couple yeah, seconds. So, on yeah, the clock. they would have lost five seconds because you got you got to take the ball and at least down it. That takes and plus I, I forget if 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 it, the clock starts when the ball hits the ground. I believe, and usually on those, on those squib kicks, you like kick it like almost like, like 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 a ground ball. So like, yeah, it would have taken at least a few seconds off the clock. Yeah, I believe. And so they thirteen. I also didn't think though that the 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 defense would let them get three huge plays in thirteen seconds. The Buffalo defense. So that's really on them as well. Allowing those huge like that was they all three timeouts. Uh, Kansas City. So it's like 
if they had like one timeout, there's no way they would be able to do it. But like with three timeouts, obviously Mahomes is the best quarterback in the game at this point in terms of skill. Like both yes. of them looked amazing. I mean, oh, yeah. and that was the problem with the coin toss for me was neither of those quarterbacks, neither of those quarterbacks weren't going to get a touchdown with the first overtime possession. Yeah. I maybe. mean, for all, for all, I mean, Mahomes came out of that as the winner yeah. and Mahomes is a great quarterback, but, um, Allen didn't fuck up any opportunities he had either. Oh, Not no. really. He put the team on his back. Yeah. All the rushing yards, over 100 so, rushing yards. Falls on defense, which is a shame because everyone all year has been talking about how the Bills have the best defense. But it was a great game. Yeah. Great game. Well, at least you know that, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to turn into like how Peyton had to get through Brady. It's going to be like that. And then eventually he did. And when that's well, how the thing is, be. we killed the Chiefs earlier in the year. But that's I mean, the thing. In the yeah. playoffs, you know, playoffs that's what you is different. Playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. But We're talking about playoffs. But it was it was great. Uh, Aaron Rodgers gone, Brady gone. Uh, I I didn't think people didn't think we'd be at a point in time where people like Brady better than Aaron Rodgers. But here we are somehow. And some like a year ago, if you told me that, I would have said there's no way in hell uh, that Aaron Rodgers would be despised more than Tom Brady. And now Brady's like, hey, it's not such a bad dude, Tom Brady. <laughs> That Rams game was, uh, I, I could not imagine being a Rams fan and having Ooh. to clench your ass like that for wow. the last quarter. The Rams, I, I texted Frank. I said, hey, Frank, I know that there's not point shaving in, in football, but if there was ever a game that they were point shaving, because the, the fuck-ups that the Rams did, the the the, the snap, uh, which almost hit hit um, uh, Stafford in the face, went back 30 yards. Once I saw that, I said, Ian, the, 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 the mob's in on this game. They have to be because, like, you never you don't see that in a playoff game. Like, the game was at hand, and then there was two fumbles. <laughs> that bad snap, it, it was insane. That was the most uh, that was the most insane game ever. And obviously, we don't talk about sports a lot, but that weekend, this past weekend, was in. If this is how football always was, it would somehow be more popular. All these, all four of those games were insane. All four of them. Oh yeah, they were nuts. That was top tier football. It was nuts. They all came down to like like one score between all the games, or like walk off field goals. It, it was it was insane. The 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 the, the one uh, the, the one kicker called his shot. He, he, uh, what was what game was it? He called his shot. I can't keep the, keep them straight in my head anymore with the games. Uh, whoever beat uh, whoever beat Aaron Rodgers, he said, "Well, looks like we're going to the to the uh, NFC Championship Bengals. game." The Bengals, yes, called his shot. The kicker. Uh, that I think that's when it called a shot. They were interviewing the, the kid. He's like 21, 22, 23. And it's like, uh, God, the balls on, on these folks. And yes, Ninja, it's very difficult to kick a field goal. I'm not forgetting that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. No, it was. Uh, I mean, it was exciting. I mean. You happy we're at 300, Ian? Uh, yeah. We should have we done the recording from the bedroom. Oh. <laughs> from literally the old bedroom. I should have just knocked on the guy's door now owns a condom. But, hey, we're doing the podcast from here. We're going to set up the little We should table. have done We should have done some 300th anniversary, uh, 300th anniversary, 300th episode NFTs. That's uh, what we should we, have done. We absolutely should have done should that. We should have Ian. done that. We absolutely should have uh, made NFTs because NFTs are what the people want. Uh, which is what they're trying to tell you in order to pump up the people that already have their NFTs because it's all pump and dump. They don't. Scheme. They don't want NFTs, uh, but Twitter has uh, brought uh, NFL, uh, NFL. <laughs> NFT pro <laughs> mixing up. the. There's no NFL NFTs yet. There's, is there? They don't have that uh, yet, buddy. Uh, not like the NBA. Not. Maybe not. Do they? There's got to be. Is there NFL uh, official ones? 
I don't know, but I typed in NFL NFT and it gave me the DraftKings Marketplace, the newest place for NFTs. Um, I don't think there's official ones. No, I don't know that there is. There's knockoff ones. Of course there's knockoff uh, ones. They announced a deal in September for one. I don't know if they're out yet. Dapper Labs is doing it. Okay, so maybe they have them. Dapper Labs. I love the names of these. Yep, they got them. Digital video collectibles. They're not calling NFTs. Digital video collectibles. Sorry, you can go on. So Twitter, uh, I'll go on. Twitter is now that has NFT profile picks as part of their uh, Twitter Blue package. I, I'm on Twitter Blue now. It's three bucks a month because there's, there's good features like uh, automatic unrolling of threads if you want. Most importantly, you can edit your tweets within a certain amount of time. But if you get that, you can now post your NFT as your Twitter profile. If you do that, you get a fucking hexagon instead of a circular uh, profile outline. My Favorite thing that I saw about that uh, since its announcement was someone who posted uh, the announcement of hexagon NFT uh-huh. uh, icons uh, next to a definition of what a mark is. Yes. Um, and very, very true. Uh, I, I'm sure they think it's a way for them to all show off how cool they think they are. It is a big red do not interact sign uh, for me. I, I now know. For, for us, yes, but for the NFT scammers out there doing the new NFTs, that's, yeah, like I said, they're marks. Right, exactly. They are You're marks. saying, I'm a mark. Come and, come and take come, money from come, me. Come sell me some I'm NFTs. I'm an idiot. I will give you money. Like That's what, you're, that's what, it, what it says. Uh, and, and that was actually, I'll bring it up early. Uh, excellent idea. Uh, well, the name is Folding Ideas. Excellent video from Folding Ideas. The problem with NFTs. Uh, it's it's an over two-hour video. Strap in, watch it on 1.5x, but it starts with uh, the history of, of crypto. It leads into NFTs, the type of people that are buying NFTs. It talks about his interaction on these NFT discords, all these groups, how they act like cults and things like that in order to recruit. There, there's like... Uh, wrong think involved you say I, I you know even if you say i got scammed on coin well we don't need those negative thoughts about nfts because we're all in this together it's like it's scary shit and it's stuff we all brought up about it being pumpered pumping up schemes and greater fool theories that's all nfts are uh but also point out things about like who's really the, the ones profiting off of these and how they're profiting it's a great video it gets technical but it, you can still understand the technical nature of, of it uh yeah yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, the post office has NFTs now. The United States Postal Service has f- fucking NFTs now. I said online. I couldn't, I believe, said, I couldn't believe that. What's next? The CDC is going to have some commemorative uh, COVID vi- NFTs? Viral NFTs. It's, it's insane. Um, but that's the problem is that it's so, it's so cheap to mint these. From what I saw, it's like around 80 bucks to mint, mint one of these. Uh, in terms, that's, that's your energy slash gas uh, fees. Uh, to do that, that anyone could fucking do. I could do one today. Like, I, like that's the issue with it. There's no oversight into it. Anyone can get into it and post art they don't own. We talked about this. No one, I, there's an NES Punk NFT someone tried to do last week. You know, it's, it's insane. Um, the, the quote from the Postal Service. And usually, usually, you know, the Postal Service, I try to st- stick up for them, even though, you know, the customer service is terrible to me. Um, it's really about... Here, Here's the quote from the manager of licensing. It's really about putting out our brand in new and different ways and surprise people. You're the fucking post office. You don't need a brand. You don't need a brand. You're a government agency that people use to, to, to ship products. Everyone uses you. You get, you get the vast majority. You, it's almost a monopoly. That's how many people use the post office. This, 
every day people use the mail. Every day you use the mail service. That is right. You don't need we no. There's not no anyone who doesn't know about the post office. That's fucking nuts. But even the post office says, "Hey, you know what? We can make money off of idiots." Like <laughs> those Castlevania NFTs sold for a ton of money. I think I told you the map one sold for like twenty six thousand dollars. Yeah, I saw. Do you think like uh, there was? I, I think I feel like NFTs is really a product of the past few years. The past few years of people oh, loudly yes. and proudly beating their chest about how dumb they are and how uh, it's a good thing to be dumb and how proud they are to be dumb and to not listen to things like science and teachers and history. Well, it, well even and uh, I mean, people are like NFTs. We can sell fucking anything. Well, it's all it's they're all just scams. I mean, that's the whole thing. There's tons of you know, there's tons of crypto coins that popped up and went away the past few years. It's all the same thing. Get in early, suckers come in behind, and a lot of times that's how they they, they get people in. But as as uh, folding ideas point out, sometimes when they're telling you that, hey, we're pumping it now, you're the dump, you're the end of it. They're right. telling you that so you buy more so they got in way before you. They, it's all scams. It's so unethical. It's disgusting. There's obviously no regulation uh, with this. It's all out in 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 the in the ether. It's all out there. So, what can you do? People people going to lose money, and they are losing money. It's just when is it gonna when is it gonna burst? Yeah, I guess as long as people have money. That's the thing. It's like is, uh, folding uh, ideas had a great term for these people that like these were people that are usually social sh- socially reclusive so then they can get into these clubs basically these are like digital clubs that they're a part of with also eating the belief that they're going to get rich quick so that's an idea like it's all these right. weird ideas from together and they have enough money to blow obviously to risk it so it's like the perfect like you said they're marks they're the perfect perfect marks for con artists Perfect, and they advertise themselves. And the so old days, you hear about people getting conned every day with the NFT stuff. Uh, Open, just opening up their digital wallet to let people in because it's part of a trade, and they end up losing everything. Yeah. All my apes gone. That's one, but that's only one of the many ways you can get scammed. Oh, like sure. there's tons. Uh, from what Folding Ideas was saying, like there's no, there's no even a way even on some of these blockchains that you could have viruses or trojans or malware inside of those themselves. Like there's there's all this weird shit about how what things you can inject inside, of it. like it's it, it's it's scary. Besides the fact that like we talk about digital games uh, going away, if the servers go down, the servers can go down on all this shit on the NFTs. Like it, it can be gone anyway, even if you believe in the ecosystem. Yes, the stuff can be gone. It's nuts. It's beyond the house of cards. Uh, well, this cards is a physical item. Uh, so seeing that article, NFTs are coming. Um, for your video games, players get ready. Um, this is what I'm going to say about this real quick. I do think that, yes, almost all the major players will experiment with, with NFTs and for games, but I really think it'll be, it'll be received the same way the mass public has received it. You'll get the true believers, the smaller minority, right. and most people will be like, what the fuck is this? Uh, I think I read, uh, I have to find it, uh, that that the Ubisoft uh, NFTs, how many actually sold? It wasn't many, from what I read. I had to find. Oh, there was article. an actual amount. Somehow there was an actual amount because I guess with the marketplace, you can probably tell like what's out there. Well, I don't know. Did you see the other? Uh, the, there was the other bit of news that was going around that there are only four hundred thousand. If you look at the people involved, there are only four hundred thousand wallets involved in NFTs right now. 
Only four hundred thousand wallets. Wallets, yeah. So, I, so that's, and you could have more than one wallet. You could, but that, but that's are. but even if that was all individual Maximum people, four hundred thousand people, unique people interested and, in NFTs. That's nothing, and that doesn't account for a lot of the scams. Have people buying their own shit? Sure. In order to say, hey, oh look, Ian, this person, which I own that sock puppet account, bought this NFT for ten thousand dollars. It's a steal at five thousand. That's lower than I thought. Eurogamer says Ubisoft appears to have sold a grand total of 15 NFTs. 15. When you said low, I thought 200, I, I thought 26 was in my head. 15 NFTs. And that came out like a month ago? Uh, just on, Well, this was from... Uh, it was November. It was in November. Was when, when it came, came out. out. Yeah, and this this update this was updated on the twenty first of December, so it could be thirty NFTs now. Could be twenty six, but this article is saying fifteen as of uh, December after a month. Um, yeah, yeah. So there you go. Love Eurogamer. Um, another article from The Verge talking about how most devs hate NFTs. Um, developers made their feelings known in the annual annual GDC survey. Um, many quotes directly from developers were scathing. How this hasn't been identified as a pyramid scheme, pyramid scheme is beyond me. I'd rather not endorse burning a rainforest down to confirm someone owns a JPEG. In quotes, owns. Who is this talking? Uh, this is one one of the devs. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, burn them to the ground. Ban everyone. Ban everyone involved in them. I work at an NFT company currently, and I'm quitting to get away from it. Said another. Not all were critical, but seventy percent. Of the dev respondents said they their studio had no interest in NFTs. Seventy percent there. Uh, a vast majority of respondents spoke out against both practices, noting their potential for scams, overall monetization concerns, and the environmental impact. Uh, only a few called it the future of gaming. It's all the future, Ian. It's it's the NFT and crypto future. It's all out there. No regulation. It's freedom. Not the fact that it's used for criminal activities and and scams and things like that. And the fact that when something isn't regulated, there's a reason why we have regulations so people don't take advantage of systems. And yes, it's an imperfect world we live in. People take advantage of our financial situation all the time. But you'd rather have someone trying to be a, 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 a taking care of it, like minding the sheep basically – than having all the you know the foxes running the hen house, as they say, because that's what happens with this stuff. I think it's very um, funny to look at a problem and go, the solution to this problem is to get rid of all the work we've made on it so far. I mean, it's absurd. Yeah, I even saw in in, the, in that YouTube video, the world about, is complicated. There's no easy way to no. do this shit. Getting rid of regulations isn't going to magically fix problems. Yes. I laughed at it last week, but it's the same thing. These people talk about how it being a wild west landscape is what they want until yeah. all apes is stolen, and then they go yeah. crying to OpenSea and they have to have a centralized authority stop the yes. trade of their NFTs. When you get rid of regulation, you get you have the housing <clears throat> crash happen. That's what happens when you get rid of regulations. You have stuff like that happen, right? When you allow everyone to buy houses, they they can't really afford the mortgage to. You know that's 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 what happens. Um, yeah. So that that survey is coming out two months ahead of their physical. They're doing a physical GDC this year. Okay, hopefully by then it's uh it's going to be March twenty first to twenty fifth in San Francisco. Hopefully by then uh you know we're in a better spot with the Omicron thing uh, going on here. They're expecting fifteen thousand to seventeen thousand attendees this year. At GDC. At GDC. Well, hopefully. Yeah, check out uh, the uh, Folding Ideas uh, Problem with NFTs video. 
You can also check out Ian Flea Market Madness Volume Forty Four, <laughs> which is out Jeez, there. Forty Four, huh? Forty Four of about. There's going to be about fifty two or three. This one was filmed six years ago. Crazy. They've all been filmed about six years ago, and um, I was going to say they're all none of them yeah, are recent. Frank on the quest to find a serving platter. There's, oh, there's like a mini arc in there. He's like, <laughs> not many mini arcs in the episodes. His quest to find a platter. And Frank was in rare form. He always is. Uh, it's, uh, he's not in all the remaining ones. There's uh, there's some he's not in. Just to let you know. Uh, 2016. That was a that was a rough year. When I was filming them, but I, I filmed them. Um, it's never rough at ultimatino.com, though. No, it's not. It's it's a it's a smooth experience. No NFTs, no crypto, just good items, good physical items, just good like physical items you can hold on to. RBI baseball stickers you can use and and stick on a laptop or your. You cat. may even get one of the ones uh, that Patter I just stroked. God, get our DNA today. Uh, you got the certain mm-hmm. guidebooks that are physical there, um, and you have the CU podcast enamel pin. This week, ten percent off all CU Podcast items at the shop. T-shirts, pins with the code CU Podcast three hundred. Get yourself ten percent off. Get those. We're we're running a little below on the enamel pins. We're down to the last bag of them. So there you go. We've gone through them there. Almost sold out. Uh, and I'll and I'll be selling fast. <laughs> yeah, the allocation as as intelligent. We've allocated a certain amount. <laughs> In the bag in my, uh, on top of my dryer in the garage. Uh, and I'll be on Twitch Wednesday, twitch.tv slash country code as well. Call of Duty is going to stay in the PlayStation, maybe, Ian? Maybe. Um, so a lot of people disagreed with what we said last week. Uh, disagreed with what I said about COD. They both being... said it would be insane to take it off. It would be. Um, but a lot of people have brought up a point that I feel like is, is is actually more likely what might happen. They may keep these exclusive, but I don't think they're going to keep... They're going to try to find a way to sell Xbox Game Pass to Sony and to Nintendo. And I think that's what they want to try to do. Is oh, make, of course. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you're not going to be able to play it if it's on a uh, PlayStation. But If you're on a PlayStation. But Game Pass is not as lucrative as selling you a 60 to $70 game, game off right. the bat. That's that's the whole point. You're not going to make up that cost. You're just sure. not um, for a new game, especially especially if there's like you know special edition ones that are more and the, all the DLC in that, that that they would provide. Game Pass revenue will not come close to that. It just won't. Well, I've already seen um, some articles talking about how they think maybe Game Pass is at the it, you know it's is close to like the maximum of what they could expect people to sign up for. And I, I don't know, um, but it would make game pass seem much more. Uh, it would make game pass seem a lot more attractive. That said, I don't, until they can actually get game pass on other systems. Yeah. I don't think they would keep call of duty exclusive. Okay. And this article is saying that they, I, Phil Spencer okay. wants to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. We'll see if that actually okay. happens. Let me let me do some pat math here. Um, oh boy, Call of what was the last major one? Call of Duty World War Two was that the last major one? No man, World War Two is ancient. Um, um, Call of Duty the Modern most... Warfare, the newer Modern Warfare. Nope. There's one after that. Yeah, what was the one with Kevin Spacey. <laughs> I can't keep track of them anymore. They, they make them every year. Uh, it the... is Call of Duty Vanguard is the most recent. Okay. I'm looking up Call of Duty World War II right now. It did over 13 million on place just on PlayStation 4. 
That one game on PlayStation 4 did 13 million. So you're saying that, and Call of Duty games come out every year. They do they go Black Ops, the Call of Duty, they, they revolve around them, right? They, it's a rotation every three years, right? So you're telling me that they're going to give up every year 10 million sales on a console at $60 a pop. They're going to give up a gross revenue of $600 million every year, minimum, not counting deals. I think that they will never do that. They will never make those sales up with Game Pass, ever. Just to spite someone in a console war? No. I, that's, I don't think that's really how it works. Now, if you want to tell me, hey, Ian, two, three years later, that game's on Game Pass. You know I mean? After all, we wrung all the money. Yeah, sure. No, yeah. I think that no, um, they've already said they're going to put them on Game Pass, but it's going to. But Game Pass, as of right now, is only on Microsoft systems. No, the point is that for a new game to put it on Game Pass versus waiting, they're gonna you 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 need to get seventy bucks per pop. You have to. They don't do that with any of their big releases. They don't do it with Halo. They've already said that these games will be on Game Pass. Brand new? Yes, that's how Game okay. Pass works. That's why Game Pass has people who who sign up for it. Okay. They're they're going to do that. The question is, <clears throat> can they get Game Pass on other systems? And I think, I, I think, I, I, well, they're not getting with those PlayStation sales. No, I think I think That's until the they can get Game Pass on other systems, they will gladly sell seventy dollars a pop to PlayStation customers. They're willing to take that hit. I'm surprised they're willing to take that hit. They've been doing it with all of their major releases since Game Pass came out. They did it with Halo. Um, they've well, already said they've already said they're going to do it with all the Bethesda titles. Okay, all right. They're really trying to bleed them, then. Okay, <laughs> like as quickly as, as possible. So I guess so. The calculus still is going to be okay. How would you market if you market that to the Sony players? That hey, get the Game Pass on here. Maybe like on your PC then. Just market in that way. Because I don't think you're going to get the, the, the Sony people to go out and buy all Xbox consoles for it to get Game Pass. That's going to be rough still. No, like I said, I think they will gladly sell it a la carte to Sony customers for yes. $70 a pop until they figure out a way or work out a deal to get Game Pass on all these other consoles. I, uh, well, once Sony lets Game Pass on their console, it's, it'll be and, over. And, and also keep in mind that they don't keep these games on Game Pass forever. Sure. Um, I don't know. That'll re- that remains to be seen. Some of the big new titles they'll put on there, and then they'll take them down two months later to kind of urge people to go buy them. I don't know. We'll have to see what they do with the Call of Duty. This is what Phil Spencer said. Had good calls this week with leaders at Sony. I confirmed our intent to honor all existing existing agreements upon acquisition of Activision Blizzard and our desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Sony is an important part of our industry, and we value our relationship. And if so, they do keep it on, if they uh, keep it on Game Pass, I mean that's a hundred and hundred and eighty dollars from that person a year instead of seventy. You know, if they keep Game Pass to, for it, so they, I mean, they end up getting that money for Call of Duty. Well, but there's also then the people that already have Game Pass that sure. So like, it's it's a weird spot. I guess I guess we'll see. It also depends when these relationships will, on these existing contracts will end. I guess. Sony's an important part of our industry. We value our relationship. Well, Sony's on the phone being, please don't take this off of our console. I mean, what else can they say? Right. I mean, they have, they have zero leverage when it comes to it. Um, I mean, the best example people get up like in this article is Minecraft. That's everywhere. And it would be nuts if they, if they made that exclusive, uh, Minecraft. But again, that was, that was everywhere before 
Um, so that's why I was like, it's. I guess it's. I don't know. Yeah, Call, and this Call is Duty's, everywhere before too. It's 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 a weird spot. Uh, I don't see it happening. Let's put it this way. Um, I think for this generation, it'll it'll probably be, uh, it'll be status quo for this generation. Whatever generation, if there's going to be a PS6, whatever, in like four years or, or whatever, I think I think the Sony will be safe until then. And then at that point, maybe it's like, well, you know, maybe Microsoft at that point then says we don't need a new console anymore, <laughs> or, or there's some hybrid thing at that point. Sure. I don't know. A lot's going to change. But yeah, I think I think PlayStation uh, folks will be will be safe for now. I also think that um, Game Pass is absolutely going to see a price bump probably within a year. If, the, if, if you're telling me that brand new all the future Call of Duties and those games that cost hundreds of millions to make are going to be exclusive, yes, there's no way. It's not going it. to stay at $15. No. A month. It'll be like Netflix. Oh, yeah. It started at like $8 for streaming. And now it's like 12 13 I see. Yeah. I, I think a bump to 20 a month is probably a guarantee by next year. Which people will gladly pay. Yeah. Probably. Absolutely. I would. Game Pass has been ideal for me um, in terms of what it offers. The PC implementation kind of fucking blows, but in terms of what it offers... Uh, Why does the PC implementation blow? Uh, you'd be surprised at how like much an Xbox product, like an Xbox software, doesn't want to play nicely with their newest controller. And they just haven't gotten like all the proper like updates out for the Xbox Series controllers. I guess from what people have said on PC, the Xbox One controller finally just got to a place where it was reliable for everything you booted up like a, a year ago. So Microsoft is not, yeah, they're surprisingly like dropping the ball on the PC end of this. They can fix it, but they haven't yet. Maybe they realize, maybe they think that many people are using the Xbox controller on the PC? Maybe that's why? No, I, I mean, I think that's what they want you to use. I mean, supposedly Xbox controllers are supposed to be plug and play on Windows PCs. But the Xbox the old ones were the 360 ones were if we had a USB one. Um, yeah. If you had the the hardwired one, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, with these, it's it's different. That was a good. I like that hardwired 360 controller. Those were tough to find at one point. Shitty D pads still are. Oh, the shitty yeah, D pads are crap. But they were they were nice to have those. Uh, Activision Blizzard b- boss mold Baya of Kotaku a PC gamer in order to change the public narrative. This comes from our pals at Eurogamer. Controversial boss Bobby Kotick recently considered acquiring video games websites such as Kotaku and PC Gamer, according to a new report from the Wall Street Journal, which sources and sources uh, with knowledge of Activision Blizzard's recent plans. Uh, Kotick apparently suggested the idea to change the public narrative surrounding Activision Blizzard following months of media coverage of the company's culture, history of sexual harassment allegations, and subsequent, um, subs- subsequent employee protests. Um. So this is like total like mafiosa tactics at this point. Like buy him out, throw money at it to, to solve. Yeah, the if, we, if if we can't uh, avoid the bad news, we're gonna buy the bad news and quiet it. Wow, that's I don't know what to say. Uh, this deal is going to conclude. I think we're going to saw a march of next year. The, the the buyout, Microsoft buyout of Activision will will of twenty twenty three. Yeah. That's how long it's going to take to finally go through. I think at that point, I don't think these 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 people higher ups will be there. I just don't see how you can keep them with all this bad press. I just don't see and all the bad. I don't see how Microsoft will keep them. Sure, they'll be gone in a year. It'll be a long year, but they'll be gone. I think after that. Um, some of the comments. God forbid, Kodak would have the humility humility to try to address the address the criticisms of him and his company. 
and said Activision schemed to gaslight the rest of the world by turning a video gaming site into propaganda. What a piece of work this asshole is. So if he bought these sites, would it just become like, would they still be covering non-Activision stuff? Or would it be like a directive that, oh, it's going to be, they'll turn into like Activision Blizzard sites? Would would Kotaku be like just talking about Diablo and Warcraft? I'm, I'm just curious. How would that work? Right. How how would, they, how would that function? Hmm. What are you looking up there, Ian? Some Kotic, some Kotic stuff? Yeah. Um. Oh, he's just a horrible looking individual. <laughs> okay. Um, someone just said, what the fuck? Uh, reminder that post a buyout Kodak will not only face no consequences, but will be rewarded with almost $300 million for his. This is my big yeah. problem with it. I uh, like, I just, he's going to get away with a golden parachute. That's how this, how, how these contracts work. Um, classic Bobby. Uh, well, that's slightly very terrifying. Don't change your shitty behavior. Just buy up some of the outlets calling you out and make them PR for you. Yikes. Yeah. I'm sure lots of other news will come out in the next year. Oh, it's right beforehand. a lot. Um, I, I read something about it might be a long play thing with Microsoft where they have to let it go. But once they take over... They can look at the behavior, like a behavioral clause, to not pay him out all that money. I saw something. I saw someone mention that on Twitter. Okay, uh, that there might be a way where Microsoft can say at the end of this, they do it like a, a they do like an independent investigation into all this stuff once they control it and be like, we don't have to pay you that whatever the three hundred. We don't have to do that. And uh, this is why okay. I, I just read something about that. I don't, don't like I said. This is the stuff that's going to happen next year. Uh, we're a long ways away, but I read something about like, well, this may not be a slam dunk that he will get away scot-free. I hope not. Like there might be a clause in, in, in this, in terms of like, oh, you act like an asshole. You, like you don't get a parachute almost like breaking someone's tenure, so to speak. Like, right. Sure. Like sure. If you're sure. a teacher. You can have your tenure broken. It's tough, but you can do it. You know, it's, it's tough, but you can have your tenure you know, revoked in special circumstances. So you would hope to be something like that, like a moral clause. For something like, come on, right? For the person that's at the head of the company, he just looks mean. Every picture of him, he looks like he's a mean guy. Well, it's a mirror to your soul, your your puffy cheeks. I guess I don't know. All right, is that it for the intro? I guess that's it for the intro. Three hundred, the three hundredth intro. Did we do an intro for the first podcast? We might have just said, hey, I'm sure there was an intro of some sort. I mean, we didn't just before we, we didn't jump, just hit record and jump right into tactics or uh, uh, topics. We jumped into the jumped t- into tactics, either the 2ds or to Ben Affleck as Batman. Which which one do we do first? That's all. That's the that's the, that's what yeah, we had. Which back one then. did we start with? So whenever you think we're struggling for topics, uh, eight year eight and a half years in, we were struggling for topics that first week. If that's all that was going on, was it really just a 2ds and uh, uh, Batfleck? Yeah. That's all it was? Yeah. And now Affleck comes out saying all these years later, yeah, it was a hor- horrible being Batman. <laughs> it probably was for him. <laughs> and now he's back with J-Lo. A lot happens. I felt like he could have been a good Batman, but I've never seen any of the movies he's been Batman in. So He was a decent Batman. Just I don't like the voice-changing shit. I, I don't like that stuff at all. Voice-changing shit. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, 
you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Ian, uh, Nintendo, as you know, as we've covered over the years, ha- has a, a history of going after um, fan projects, most importantly fan games uh, of their IP in the past. We've seen it for uh, Metroid. We've seen it for Earthbound uh, games and others. That Pokemon, are... probably the big one. Pokemon, and that's what this one is. A Pokemon first-person shooter uh, came online with some videos, and and uh, the creator spoke about it. And Nintendo uh, scrubbed it from uh, YouTube and Twitter. It is gone, with with nary nary a, a, a gif or two remaining of it, like on this um, Kotaku article. Uh, this comes from Luke Plunkett. For the past month, Reddit user. Dragon underscore game dev two has been working on a side project imagining a PC Pokemon game, but built using Unreal Engine that you played in first person. Uh, while your thoughts may be drifting towards something resembling Pokemon Snap, uh, Dragon Game Dev two had more violent plans. He instead showed off videos where players were dropped into a Pokemon filled landscape, given modern firearms, and set free to hunt and defend themselves from as many of the pocket monsters as they liked. Um, so yeah, there's like you know, guys got a like a it's like a like a assault rifle taking out a hitmonchan that's a, a pikachu that, that one's a shotgun uh what's that big purple one he's shooting there i have no idea um yeah shooting them blood's coming out and they're falling dead there's pikachu getting a getting some some lead there um yeah it was posted to the indie gaming reddit and then uh lickety split it was uh nintendo's lawyers took care of that and uh We'll talk about the, uh, the 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 author's response here on Kotaku, which we talk about. We, we probably brought this author up before in the past. Uh, this was the author's take. This sucks, just like it always does, because unlike many other major international companies, Nintendo seems utter unwilling or even unable to differentiate between commercial products, projects that infringe on their copyrights, and fan-made playthings that are free and made for fun. Um, Luke, you should know this as, as an article writer, that whether or not something is free or commercial has nothing to do with most copyright law. has zero to do with it. Um, this, for example, is the first in a year-long series Dragon Game Dev 2 hopes to complete where they make a new game every month. Um, yeah. Bad take from Luke there at the end, but I, I guess what it comes down to is this. It's we we talked about Nintendo coming down on these projects in the past, like like the um, uh, the Metroid uh, 2D remake, which, which Nintendo shut down because they were developing their own uh, that they put out. Uh, what was that, like three years ago? Uh, yeah, they're about three four years ago. So in this case, it's obviously something that probably would not compete with a Nintendo product. As my as my printer, uh, remember like my ghost printer in the in the condo mm-hmm. used to happen, or is that here? Anyway, it's cleaning itself. So. Shut up, printer. So in this case, this would not be a competing product, but you're using Nintendo and the Pokemon Company's IP. Nintendo is a, as a minor, they're a shareholder in the Pokemon Company. They're, they're basically synonymous in terms of like what they put out. Um, this is wiped from the internet. So in the past, when we talk about Nintendo, should Nintendo go after these companies? 
Um, I always spoke about, God, that fucking printer, I'm ready to shut it off. We always spoke about how Nintendo had a legal obligation in terms of copyright law to go after just about all these because if they didn't, this is what happens. Say Nintendo didn't go after that Metroid game, and say Nintendo didn't go after the Earthbound games and the other games in the past. If this came up, they would have less uh, legal ground to go after this game because they can point and say, listen, you're, you're coming after me. You didn't go after those other games. And that's why this stuff has to happen. And obviously, this is an extreme case. This is, like, to me, a reprehensible use of the IP because it's a children's game and product. I think it's uh, amusing. I mean, it was just obviously a weird little thing someone did for fun. I don't um, know if it's reprehensible, man. It's reprehensible because if, if, if a kid searches for Pokemon <laughs> game and this comes up, that's, how, that's why Nintendo goes after this stuff. That's why they have to. Um. I wish they didn't go after as much. Someone like a company like Sega doesn't go after their stuff. There's plenty of fan games and it doesn't seem to affect them. But I understand the legal rights and wrongs of this. And I understand why they say they need to go after it. Um, I just wish people were allowed to have a little bit of fun without Nintendo swooping in every I don't think single time. I, I, I don't know. know why you're so offended by someone making a stupid first-person shooter with Pokemon. With Pokemon, which is a children's property? That millions of adults play. Don't care. It's a children's property. That's how it started. Okay. It, that's, the millions of adults started as children. It's extremely prude. It's still marketed to... <laughs> it's what's that? It's extremely prude and weird that you would get like offended by it. Um, and I, I'm not even a big fan of Pokemon. Um. That's odd. Uh, and Prue has to do with sex, by the way. That's okay. You know what I'm trying to say. Um, I understand why they have to do it. And my response to this is not so much to get mad at Nintendo, and I'm not mad at the people who are doing it, but it's just we've seen this for years and years and years. And obviously nothing you do with a Nintendo property is ever going to be allowed to breathe more than two breaths. So I just would say stop doing it. Stop putting effort into things that you know are going to get taken down. Nintendo's not going to change on this. Go make a Sega fan game. That would be my take. Uh, Nintendo has to be go after this because, again, it's a child franchise, first and foremost. Um, they have to. Um, and like I said, if it's not, okay, if they do this, you're going to have other stuff pop up. And this is what I talk about IP law and why you have to have protection of property. It's to prevent stuff like your property getting mended or, or molded into something that it was not set out to do. Like if, if there was no intellectual property laws, then you have people making like, you know, Mario porn games and putting them on steam shit like that. You, you, you get into this world where, where the, the original idea behind a creation has no meaning anymore because anyone could abuse it. That's the whole point. Well, it also I, goes back to some of the stuff we said about NFTs and the voice NFTs and stuff. People not thinking about like having their voice then be used to say awful things. The intent of the message is 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 lost. Here's some of the comments uh, here. Um, it's mind blowing. This needs to be said. Uh, it's people. It's like people have no clue there exist entire legal teams whose job is to hunt down copyright infringing work. Or they do know such things exist. They're intentionally playing ignorance so they can get mad at Kotaku. Oh, okay, answer my question. No, no, no. That's not the point here. Um, and plus, Nintendo's not going to come after Kotaku for reporting on it because they, they're allowed to report on it. No, what, um, what this person's trying to say is they're arguing against the fact that basically Kotaku is getting shit for covering these because every time Kotaku covers them, they get taken down. No, that's not, and what they're get, saying no. is obviously it's not – Kotaku is not the one breaking no. the news of this to someone uh, on, on a Nintendo legal team. I mean that, that's their job is to go out there and hunt the shit down. Um, 
Another response, it's weird to me that a gaming website is constantly surprised at the existence of copyright law and doesn't seem to quite grasp that the law does not require that you make money off the infringement for it to be illegal. That uh, is true. The author says, equally, this is Ian's stance, equally weird for me is despite Nintendo, this Nintendo is the only company to go to these lengths when many others from Microsoft on down don't just avoid such punitive actions, but sometimes even work with the modders and creators responsible. Luke, you think that Nintendo wants to work with this creator? They slap together a, a quick little game and rip their assets from existing games in order to shoot them in the face with guns. You think Nintendo would say, we want you on your team. Your creative brilliance is going uh, to show through our next Pokemon game? Come on. Let's, let's get real there. Um, uh, their reputation for litigiousness aside, is there a path you can imagine that would have Nintendo protective of the child safety of several of their franchises agree to work with a developer making a game where the characters of one of those franchises are murdered? Oh, thanks. As I just said, uh, I think Nintendo needs to chill out on legal stuff pretty much weekly. But for this, this is I'm not so a, sure. This is not the example to make. I mean, yeah. because you look at stuff like Sega, it's like, OK, Sega works with people. Yeah, that's because Sega saw, you know, Christian Whitehead and the people who were making Sonic fan games and said, holy shit, You're making this, a game is better. Better. this is better than anything yes. we've put out in years. We're going to reach out to this person yes. but that is a person who is making a fan game in uh, i guess good faith i'm not offended and i have no problem with the the stupid first person shooter pokemon thing but that was never going to be more than a joke on the internet for more than you know a week it's not like that person was going to get hired on at nintendo to make yeah the next you know pokemon of duty uh, a response to that call of Pokemon. Uh, Luke says, equally weird to me is that despite this, Nintendo is the only company to go to these links when many others. Okay. Uh, another response was, I don't think you'd see Microsoft or Sony loving the idea of a fan man game where Master Chief or Crash Bandicoot was shot and killed, do you? Uh, that's a great point. Uh, again, it comes from, I guess, w- w- the place where you're coming from. I understand the sentiment. It's just this is a weird, this is a weird example to stake your flag on. Yeah, that's, I guess that's the point. Like, I, like, that's the point. If there's ever a game where you wanted to take down, it would be this, out of all the other Nintendo ones. These arguments would be far better made on something like, which it probably was at the time, but I, save your breath for the next time they take down something like a, uh, you know, a Metroid 2 remake. You know, something that actually had, like, some passion in, in, in it that could have been, you know, a very good commercial product. That's when you want to see the company reach out instead of shut down. This is just I want response. guns and Pokemon. Um said a lot of these prizes will add highly recognizable IP just to get attention, then swap out the material after they have had that attention. Sometimes they are doing it just because they like the IP, but I feel like that is less common. That's what was, that was happening with the, um, I believe it was the, um, one of the earthbound fan games. They were going to swap out everything. Uh, and now it's coming out. Oh with- yeah. I can't remember yeah. which one, but the, it's going to get stopped and they were like, well, we've got a plan for alternate yeah. characters and story. There you go. But so, so you can still put out your game. I mean, I guess you could put out a, a shoddy-looking first-person shooter where you shoot animals, but no one would care if it wasn't shooting cute little Pikachu or my, or my buddy Poliwhirl. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I think it was just meant to be a dumb joke. Uh, anyway. Um, just a few weeks ago, we saw Peloton's stock drop 11% because a fictional character died after suffering a heart attack on one. Well, I didn't see that. Uh, I mean, today's business sways incredibly easy with Weird. the smallest pop culture reference. Now, Nintendo wouldn't shut this immediately. It's just smart... Uh, Business in terms of managing intellectual property. Uh, there are better battles to be waged than the right to, to, to fair uses under copyright law, but dying on the hill that Nintendo should have otherwise allowed this or work with the programmer is ridiculous. Yeah, that just... as, especially as it quickly goes, goes down a rabbit hole of Nintendo, then by extension endorsing the speech of the creator, which they know they can't control and can get thorny like Five Nights at Freddy's, and the issues continue from there. I'm not, I don't know what happens with Five Nights at Freddy's fan games, but I'm guessing if that's like do whatever you want. Uh, maybe that went down. What? Maybe that went down a dark path. 
I can picture I can picture those mascots being used in nefarious ways. I mean, the whole point of the game um, is using them in nefarious ways. But They're killers. Other nefarious ways. I can picture some weird. There's plenty of fan porn. games. Yes, exactly. That would be Nintendo's worst fucking nightmare if that would happen. Well, I mean, there's plenty of Pokemon porn as it is. You're not going to stop that. Well, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to, to stop people posting stuff on there. Is, are you allowed to do porn on Tumblr? Anymore? Not anymore. Not I don't anymore. think. Where, where do you post your Pokemon porn? Ian? Uh, where do I post mine? <laughs> uh, well, when I finish drawing up some fresh Pokemon porn, I, I don't know. Is it Poliwhirl male or female in Poliwhirl? Could be either. Is it, is it, is it spore off Poliwhirl? Do they have mm, sex Poliwhirls? Yeah. That's like, <laughs> Poliwhirl's my favorite. All Pokemon come from eggs. They come from eggs? All Pokemon come from eggs. All, all of them. All of them hatch from Even eggs. though some appear to be mammals. All of them hatch from well, eggs. There's some mammals that are, have eggs. Platypus. There's like four. There's like four or five. Echidnas, there's a couple others yeah. that, that have eggs. Most of them don't. Most of them all are in, in Tasmania because they're good, 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 good in evolution. Tasmania. They are because they're, they're all little islands yeah, separated. And they true. all evolved all weird over, over the hundred thousands <laughs> of years when it came to it. Uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Can we call me prude? It doesn't do with being prude. I mean, it's, I don't think a, this person had any malicious intent when making a stupid game where you shoot Pokemon. Well, it's just dumb. You got a Nintendo's got to nip it in the bud. That's all. They nipped it. They nipped it. They're not. They're not gonna probably you know sue them. But it's like, hey, you're not doing this anymore. <laughs> That's it. And and no one else will. That's what I don't want to see. Pokemon get shot in the face, Ian. Come on, uh, Ian. We got a. Uh, we got a. Oh, we're in the 300th episode, right? Mm-hmm. episode. You want to talk about memories? Three hundred episode memories. Yeah. What are we gonna do? We're gonna go through. Uh, do you have any memories of the past three hundred episodes? We're we gonna we're gonna go through uh, some some hash hash browns, some hashtags, some hashteroids. That's a memory. Um, I just can't believe how fast this has accelerated since we started going weekly. That's probably the first thing that I would say. Uh, it's been weekly for two years now, at least two years. It's got to be over two years. It's two years. I think I started early 2020. Um, if it was before the pandemic. I, it was weekly. I believe. Yeah, yeah, it was well before the pandemic that it so was weekly. Over, I think it's two, three, two and a half years. Because I think we stopped doing. I think our last. I think by the time we switched over from every two weeks to every week, we were already at about 150 episodes. And then three years would make sense. That would add about another 150. Okay, I'm not sure it was three full years, but maybe two and a half. But either way, uh, yeah, 300 is a lot. Um, yeah, and it's been easier. Um, I stopped counting, and I said it on Twitter, but I'll say it again because it's true. Uh, you said that this has been going on for eight plus years now. Uh, I eight and a half. I uh, I stopped counting at five. Anytime someone asks me how long I've been doing the podcast, I say five years. Um, I don't know why, but my brain just stopped adding years once we hit the five the five year anniversary. Well, I've already been here four years at Castle Conscious. Already been four years. Yeah, so that's almost half the podcast was here, which is weird to think about. Half the timeline of the podcast was here. We weren't almost. every week by the time you moved here. No, no, we, no. Okay. we were still because I had Kieran doing the editing. Uh, I believe. Yeah, that that was that part of the weekly. No, he started when it was, when it wasn't weekly. That's right. Then it went weekly. Uh, I believe. Uh. Yeah, I'll look it up. I think it was. I think it was. Uh, anyway, we're get, we're getting off off the off the topic. There is the no real topic. I mean, we're talking well, about three hundred episodes well, of the podcast. We're talking podcast. We're uh, talking podcast. Has, has, it, has it evolved in ways you didn't see from the start? Um, 
I mean, not not really. I, I I think we've pretty much stayed on point. We stopped covering Ugh. wrestling. We don't cover movies as much. Um, those things never really did particularly well for us, anyways. Um, well, I got tired of wrestling too. Yeah, like yeah. it was it was an abusive relationship. Yeah, no, it absolutely watching was. wrestling. I haven't watched wrestling. I officially I, I have not watched wrestling probably longer than the Saudi Arabia deal, but at least as long as the Saudi Arabia deal. And that deal's around what three years already? Yeah, that three was and a half years. And like I, I mean, so probably four and a half years. Um, that last year that I was watching, it was real off and on. It was the occasional pay per view, and I don't think I've watched anything WWE since. Um, but I do kind of miss it. I, I, I was talking to Vani. I, I, I miss I miss enjoying good wrestling, but I'm not in any sort of hurry to rush out and just start watching wrestling again because I I, I miss talking about it. I just I don't see anything that really interests me. With uh, it. Spudmate said, listening to Pat complain about past jobs was always great. Also, the last play series was fun while it lasted. Uh, not really, uh, yeah, for, for like the two months. I hated it. Well, you were sick. I was sick, um, which was probably part of it. But I'm really bad about like doing anything on command or uh, when I know I'm being recorded, I clam up and uh, I get overly uh, being recorded now. Yeah, but I've been doing this for so long, and it's. I guess that's different. I guess that's the difference. Maybe if I had been doing the Let's Play stuff for longer, I would have been more into it. Uh, not a happy memory, but I remember Ian's mystery illness and his struggle to get a diagnosis and recover. The episodes without him felt emptier. I'm glad he made it through. That's another thing that I feel like I've, um, I've stopped counting. I got over being sick about a year ago in my head. It's always about a year ago I got more over being sick. It's got to be like two and a half years yeah. at this point. Uh, from Matt, ranch dressing scumbag seller from Australia. That still could be the best one. That was the, the thing about my dad died with the fake air raid. Oh, that was, yeah, yeah that, that was, was the, that was one of the best that scumbag was only, sellers. That was only a couple years in, I think. That was fairly early. Um, and that was one that we, uh, I think there was follow-ups to that one. One of the follow-up. One or two. There was, that was one of the uh, few scumbag sellers that ever got like a follow-up that became more of a, a story than just a spot on the show. Use printer trouble. Oh boy. Oh right. Yeah. I will never buy. What company was that? I don't want to. I don't want to say the wrong company. Uh, HP. I will never buy an HP product ever again. I feel like they're the only company that um, makes fucking printers. Oh no, brother. I got a brother. Oh, brother. Right, there's, yeah. there's like three or four still. Lexmark. There's a few. There's Epson. Shaq always yeah. talks about his with like uh, just fill and print. You get your own little vials to put in instead of like the the cartridges. Oh, there's there's a lot. Brother makes a great printer. HP. Uh, no, that was bad. That was a whole fucking saga, buying a brand new printer at the at a garage sale and not being able to use it because the fucking ink cartridges are are, are uh, DRMs and the starter cartridges had expiration dates on them. Digital expiration dates on printer cartridges cannot make this shit up. Yeah, so they scan it and they tell so, you. Meaning if you didn't start using that new printer within a certain amount of time, Ian, with those cartridges... It becomes dead, the hardware. Yep. I had a dead printer that was never used before. How fuck? Getting pissed again. I, yeah, I talked to the really nice customer service lady. Tried to help me out. But I exp- I'd explained to her. I don't, we, had a, we walked ourselves through the dilemma. She's like, oh, well, maybe you can go to a, find another one in the store that's brand new. And I said, the cartridges have an expiration date on them. Yeah. So even he's got upset. He's falling over. Uh, the Ballad of Mike Kennedy slash AVS slash... Uh, Chameleon, or, or, or the retro ABS, that's right. Uh, Tim Atwood becoming our savior. Wada collusion. Slow withering of the Amico. It's still withering. 
the collectionist GameStop's retro initiative. God, you were gone through through part of that. The retro initiative of GameStop. I was around Woo. for enough of it because I clearly remember wow. talking about it. Wow. But yeah, that was rough. Um, the AVS retro chameleon stuff is funny because someone pointed it out the other day. And I always kind of knew this in my head, but to put it in perspective, that stuff didn't last a year. About, I thought it was about a year between retro AVS and chameleon. A year and a half, maybe? There was a good enough break between. There was a break. There was a break, but I mean, uh, Chameleon itself was only a was was less than a yes, year. Yes, Chameleon itself was like spring of uh like fifteen to like oh excuse me fall of like fifteen to like spring fall. of sixteen fall because that's fall is when the yes. uh, toy show is I believe. No, fall was the, the early the next year. That's when it started falling apart. Ah, but, but, but they announced that Indiegogo. It was like it was like eight months span is what it was. Right. Um. What else? The, the Tim Atwood stuff was was interesting. I had got to meet uh, Tim before he passed away. Uh, Ian's triumphant re- triumphant return after defeating NES. Tim no. passed away. Oh yeah, Tim Atwood did. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Passed away uh, about a year, year and a half ago. Uh, Ian's triumphant return after defeating NES. Oh yes, the Goldberg intro. Acnes, yeah. Um, from worry to relief and laughter, so many emotions. Yeah, Ian hated that. I, I did that. I did a fake out, but it was great. Ian hates half of the things I think of. Uh, people loved it. Um, I don't have any memories. I don't ever... like swerves with <laughs> real life people. <laughs> it was great. I don't have any memories that haven't already been mentioned, but I do want to say thanks for a great podcast. Thank you, Kate. Uh, while, and while the questions... Uh, this is, oh, from Dad S coming in. The, the Q&A goat. Who, by the way, gave 100 bucks to, to the uh, San Diego Zoo. I saw. That was that was great. Excellent. Thank you. Everyone should give, should give some money to the San Diego Zoo. Uh, while the questions from this Q&A goat have become scarcer, I'm thankful to both you for allowing me to become a minor footnote in CU Podcast history. The friends I've made from listening have been a blessing in my life, and that, that I feel grateful. There's a CU Podcast community uh, that we don't talk about too much, and they're good folks. And that's the thing about being a content creator is that you want to cater and like you, your community reflects you, I yes. feel, and what you do. Um, and that's what we, we've tried to come across, in that, and that's why we sort of – come out on the side of I feel good uh, over the past years and calling out bad actors and behaviors, even other influencers. You know, I got, I got, you know, some heat. Ian was gone for part of it here for some of it with like calling out all the shit that PewDiePie used to do and things like that. And you want to, you want to have, I got plenty of heat for that. I said something about his heart. Oh yeah. His heart was a sewage pump. That was Mm -hmm. good. (laughs) There's a, yeah, there's, there's fun stuff that's happened, but you want to make sure that the people that follow you like kind of reflect your own beliefs and your own morality as much as you can. Yeah. Everyone I've met who's been a oh. fan of the CU podcast um, has been, you know, for largely a very good person. I don't want assholes following me or, or, or listen to me. Like I, I don't prefer that if they do, hopefully we can change their mind in certain things. You know, maybe it's, a, it's you know, set an example. Um, every single scumbag sell the week, especially all the cats selling emulators and ROMs. Uh, that was fun, but it got to the point where we couldn't really do much of anything else with Scumbag Seller because, I mean, there was, there's tons of those. We could either do a yes. Scumbag Seller every week and just rail on the same shit or wait until they're slightly different. So that's kind of why that, uh, that despite the fact that there's no shortage of Scumbag Sellers, we can only call out people selling ROMs on a flash drive so many times before you've heard it before. That was from JC3. Uh, uh, here, here's the next one. Uh, Congrats on the show. The infamous air raids for sale in Australia is always my go-to. I guess that was a good one. Also, I also love the Just One podcast. Uh, I would love Just One podcast. I would love Just One podcast dedicated to Bloodsport. 
in a similar way you did Spider-Man. Oh, they mean just a conversation. Yeah, we can do a Bloodsport thing at one point. Uh, just because it came out in the 80s don't mean we can't review it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I've always enjoyed this guy's uh, screen name. Uh, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Crip. Uh, also, oh. uh, Kick a Toddler. Kick a Toddler. Yep. Okay, I respect that. Some toddlers deserve a kick every now and then. I feel similarly. Uh, the tales from the game store with the sword guy and Pat commenting that Luna wasn't a store in an RPG. Uh, in my head, the podcast already feels different f- just because I, I no longer work at Luna. It's, uh, it's a whole chunk of, of conversation that is just eliminated from um, the podcast. It is kind of sad to think that I will never, there will never be another podcast episode where I show up and I say, you know what? Someone tried to sell me a fucking third sword. It's not going to happen. Only two swords. Early podcast got me through some tough times. Have have since gotten engaged, which is a double-edged sword. Okay. I've gotten her into the pod, but every anytime I use the word update, update or phrase, it's been a while. It's been a while. She can't help herself but repeat. Good thing I never say big, big. Big, big. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, at Link 2, had a, we answered a question from them October 23rd, 2013. Wow, okay. That's got to be time. like right at the beginning because we started like August of that year. We started, I just, uh, it was uh, the end of July. Of that I think year. the first upload is like August end 5th of, or something. End of June or July. Yeah. Uh, no, it was, it was I, I uploaded within a day or two. I got it up. I got to look it up. But it, was, it was around that time or maybe a couple of days. I always, I, this is from at F1 Midboss, been around for a lot. I also really left at Pat's dad joke. Did you enjoy the multiplication as well in response to Ian's enjoying the division? Ian, some of my jokes, I, either Ian ignores or doesn't hear when I like I, I, I get these little side jokes and I ad lib when he's explaining something. Uh, I've been doing a marathon of podcasts from 2020 to now looking for that segment. Oh, wow. That's going to be a tough one to find uh, there. Uh, F- again, uh, from F1 Midboss. There was a time Frank randomly called in the middle of the podcast to ask how to make the volume louder on his new iPhone. I recall that. Uh, Frank never had an iPhone. He had an Android, but like that's uh, unless he gave up his iPhone. But that, I don't remember that at all. I didn't put him on the air. I just talked to him like this, probably. I don't remember, but I do remember uh, him. Was calling that here me about that? Yeah, it was here. Okay, I don't remember that at all. Uh, Ian describing the Nintendo PlayStation auction being the biggest biggest wet shit of a live auction. That was, I mean, it was disappointing. It was, it was, it was. Uh, that wasn't it? meant to be like insulting anyone, but like in in terms bad. of what like it was hyped up to be. Yes. It was a uh, yeah. People were saying a million, two million more, and it was three hundred. Who would have think uh, thousand something? Who would have think that the first million dollar game would have been Mario sixty four? Who would have thunk it? Yeah. Versus something that was actually like one of a kind, like that. Um, this is from uh, Yazin. The whole Amico saga was so incredible because of who, how long it's been part of the podcast. This is what I saw. The first clip it wasn't published. It was published in mid-2018. Yeah, it was like late summer, I think, 2018. It's been three and a half years. Uh, comparatively, the click of Mealing didn't leave in last year. Um, this is one of my favorite ones ever. Earlier one, within the first three years, at R1 Spam YouTube. Your Rooster Teeth versus Jeff Gertzman segment on YouTube was how I found you guys. Couple of quote drunken podcasts telling you how it's. I don't even right. know what the hell that's about. The uh, Jeff Gertzman. Um, I, mean, I know who Jeff Gertzman is. I generally like. We him. love Jeff. Yeah, I, I love say, Jeff. I like I one like Jeff. OG uh, journalist. He gave a a non favorable review to um, what what's the, the survival game Fallout? What's the one with the gauntlet? Oh, was that? That's not that early. Uh, yeah, uh, Fallout. Uh, Fallout Four, and then there was the Rooster Teeth, where they're all wearing the Pip Boys. Rooster yeah. Teeth had the fucking balls 
to claim that Jeff was being hard on them for some nefarious reason for attention while wearing their sponsored fucking Fallout wrist gauntlets. They later responded that they were ones that they had actually bought, but it doesn't... They were sponsored, though, by that game. It does not look good to fanboy for something and then... Fanboy for something that gives you money and then calling out a reputable journalist for not liking the game. It was a really bad look. Fallout 4 does kind of suck. I don't know I don't know if that got a lot of views that segment. I'm guessing it did at the time, but boy, I, we tore into them. Like it was like and I never used went to Rooster Teeth in the past or knew who those people were that did that, but that was ridiculous. That was it. No, it was, was just bad. one of those things that flatly blatantly on its face was ridiculous. It, they looked bad. Uh, this is from uh, uh, Steve Kennedy. The time you were called drunken. Yes, that's a good Mike Kennedy. Are you related to Mike Kennedy, Steve Kennedy? Uh, please use the, use the anyway sound effect. I, I don't use it well enough. Anyway. Uh, this is from Nerdy Sasquatch. The Pokemon Planet episode of Tales from the Game Store gets me every time. That was a good one. Television Amico. You guys roasting the Fine Brothers for their React world. They tried to claim that a format could be copyrighted and that all reaction stuff owed them tribute, the Fine Brothers. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, that was around. It was bad. That reminds it's hard to put into words exactly, but that just reminds me of a weird time in YouTube history where everyone was like trying to get big and claim. It was very strange. You're trying to get what again? Big, big. (laughs) I love up. Uh, Chibi UFO, another long timer. Mm-hmm. I love when you guys discuss when Denny's had Atari games on their app and website. And you almost died from laughter. I still almost remember falling to the ground from laughing so hard. So there was a weird response from people thinking that Atari teaming up with Den- Denny's had tarnished, like the some of the OG people, probably people on Atari age, that that had tarnished Atari's reputation. By partnering with Denny's. Oh boy, the naivety from where we've gone from there to now about how Atari's name has been dragged through the fucking mud. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Like like you're worried about like a cute little Hasteroids game? Right. <laughs> like and centipede pups, whatever it was. I looked it up. It was uh takeout uh, takeout instead of breakout, centipup instead of centipede for, for uh for the um uh pancake puppies and then uh the number one greatest of all time uh asteroids which replaces your ship with a bottle of ketchup and replaces uh, all of the asteroids with uh patties of uh hash browned potatoes that's 2014 that was that, that was that long. only a year in the podcast that was eight years ago almost yeah that, i knew that one was long i that thought maybe I, I thought ancient. maybe i thought maybe a couple of years i thought maybe uh, a couple of years uh a few more this is from uh, Kenocha, uh, Kenocha, 37. The tales from the game store about Ian with the eagle. Uh, was it an eagle? No, it was a falcon. 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 I called uh, it an eagle, but uh, it was clearly a, 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 a falcon. And I thought the, and dressing as cardboard Iron Man is so great. <laughs> In my early tellings of it, because I was like flustered, I kept saying eagle, but I, it was yeah. definitely a falcon. Talking about the first preview of the Switch, how you both had predictions that but were better than most. Yeah, yeah. we didn't think it was going to be a failure. Oh, this is, this, this, oh this, this, I, 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 I assumed it could be tricky, but I just... I... Oh, I never... I said this is going to be a success. I didn't think it would be... This is, I said this is going to be a success. Once, it, once, once oh. its actual uh, form factor was revealed, I was much much more pro. How, how Ian wants to slap his dick on the Atari PC. And I don't really. <laughs> yeah, but there you go. There's, there's a few more here, but uh, thanks so much for those uh, uh, memories. Uh, some more about the Jaguar and the Retro VGS. Click a Chameleon Saga... Uh, 
Every time Pat mentions an NFT, cracks me up. I'm the Pat's love of Double Dragon and Ian just mayhem him. No, he hates not this man. He actively hates it. Uh, just the first one. At, at LJ Cruz, I, I restart. I'm going through episode one to now 28. Wow, why put yourself through that? Hell, sir. Uh, or, I, I don't want this to sound insulting because I love the fact that there, there are people who like what we do enough to go back. But especially with our podcast, I... Even if you think there are funny bits to it, I just can't imagine sitting through that much old news presented as new. Uh, unless they like us doing a lot of the Q&As we did back then. Crazy this show got me through high school, college, and now the beginning of my career. I miss Ian Snyder rants, and I'm still waiting for part two of Mayonnaise Shaving Cream Guy. No, no, it was, it was ranch dipping sauce. Ranch, ranch uh, buttermilk, buttermilk house sauce. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, that is a weird thing, and I got that at Luna, too, but we've been doing this long enough now that people have grown up listening to this podcast. Oh, I've seen it through the YouTube career. Yeah. It's, when you have someone say, I was 10, now I'm out of college, and I'm like, what? It's like, what happened? It's nuts. Uh, early podcast got me through some tough times. I've since gotten engaged. Okay, I went through that one. Double-edged, double-edged sword getting engaged. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I mean, once you read his whole comment, it okay. makes more sense. It's just funny how that yes. comes off. Uh, when Ian shouted big, big news, of course. Uh, I remember when Pat did it solo for a while, and it sucked. Love Ian. Well, thanks for the back. I mean, like, yeah, it wasn't as good, but holy shit, I suffered for myself doing them for five months. I mean, come on. I, I put out content. Come on, Reno Collector. No appreciation for Pat at all? Doing that? Okay. Uh. Unfortunately, it does not look like any of those Denny's games are still playable. Oh, anywhere. no. Yeah. I tried. I tried to find. Hashteroids honestly just brings up a lot of advertisements for uh, hash and marijuana. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty much what we got here. We, got, we have to call the Video Game History Foundation to, to make sure these are preserved. Yeah. <laughs> these games going forward. Are you serious? You can't get those anywhere? No, when you click the link that's in the articles, it takes you to, uh, it's like Greatest Hits Remixed or something, and then you click on it, and it takes you to uh, some, like, music website now. But this is how, oh, God, this is how um, the internet is, and this is the sort of shit people talk about when they talk about NFTs being a problem. You give it three to four years, most links that you had three to four years ago aren't going to the same places anymore. Everything was it changes. called link rot, or what's the term called? Link, it's your, something like that. URLs yeah. just go bad because... The servers are gone, or the URLs are just yeah. gone, or you know, uh, pages got moved and shuffled, so the original you know addresses don't point to anything anymore. And people and people were saying that oh, we can use the blockchain for like fucking medical records and driver's licenses. Are you fucking crazy? Are you out of your goddamn? The blockchain mind? can't hold that stuff. Uh, that's, it can that, hold. It can hold a link uh, that points to it. That's the, that's what I know. I know. I'm that, not. People are like, we should have all that. All not that, getting sassy with you. All that great information out there that. Just getting sassy. Well, you don't have to get sassy. Um, I start sassy. Yeah, well, you Zero that. is sassy. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, that's, that's our memories. It's been, it's been a fun 300. We'll see how long the train go, goes for. Choo choo. Choo choo. Um, and yeah, it's been a trip. It's been a trip. It's been, um, it's been a more, I'd say, effective way of engaging with the audience at a more regular basis, obviously, than doing like, you know, back when I was doing like one big video a month or, or two or one and a half. I mean, it used to average one video a month of NES Punk or Flea Market Madness or both like that. You got feedback, but it wasn't constant. This is constant feedback like well, all the time. And it's and it's, it's, it's more about obviously news that is. You are presenting yourself as yourself. You are not yeah. a character here as well. That's the other big difference. Yeah, sure. People get, got to know you. It wasn't just uh People, you know, being a fan of a character, it was 
And I, and I get I'm both. I a get, fan of you now. I get, I hate the NES punk stuff, love the podcast. I love the podcast stuff uh, and, and, and hate the NES stuff. NES punk. You get both. It's weird how you get there. But, or it depends on how you found it. Or I, I like past personality in the, in the NES punk videos, or I like them more better in the, in the podcast. Like, oh. What are you going to do? So, since this is all over Twitter, I just want to bring this up real quick. Uh, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson says that he is doing another video game movie. Uh, That's the announcement as of this morning. Uh, He has not said who is doing uh, what video Uh, game. Pokemon Uh, first-person shooter? It is, uh, but uh, he is doing one. Uh, There have been some good suggestions uh, so far. He did what? He did Doom. He did Rampage. Uh, So he's done two. I'd like to see him do a Hamtaro movie. Uh uh, my good dear friend John and co-host of Extra Napkins says that he would play a good King of the Cosmos from Katamari Damacy. Uh, that would be fun to see as well. Um, but yeah, what video game could it be? He was supposed to be in Spy Hunter way back. That was that was ready to go 15 years ago. Spy Hunter. Oh, yeah, that's right. He maybe was, maybe that's he's right. bringing it, it back. The game is out. They, they put out the game. The With his voice never came out. Yeah. Uh, we're going to bring one of the biggest, most badass games to the screen. One, one that I've played for years. You're, he's going to, you're going to Fortnite, the movie. There you go. <laughs> Fortnite. We starting the rock. Could be Minecraft. He's going to look like a Minecraft character. That's what you're going to do. I'm one step closer to trying Minecraft again. I downloaded it onto my PC. I played it like I played it. When we went to Radies the one time. Yeah. I like, tried playing it for 15 seconds at Radies. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Let this kid do it. He's going to be better. All right. We got that in this segment at some point. Yep. We're done. Three, this, is, this is what you get in the podcast. We just blabber and we end the segments. So we do. Uh, we got a Patreon poll. Patreon.com slash CU podcast. You go, you pay, you get. Uh, we do weekly writings. I'll probably have one of those up by tomorrow. We do. Um, you get the full video podcast. You get bonus podcast bits every we talk, week. We talk about horrible pizza today. We talked about horrible pizza today. We did. We went over the regional pizzas that are. Causing us stress and that consternation. Should, that should be outlawed. Uh, what else do you get? You get to vote in these poll topics, and you get hangouts. In second place, hardest NES boss fights. Got shellacked, 19%, 81%. Since the start of the podcast, what retro game trend has surprised us the most? Um, I think the thing that surprised me the most... Uh, over the past few years has been the... Uh, and I, 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 I say this with an asterisk because it probably shouldn't have surprised me, but the rise of sealed game selling and collecting in the um, retro market, specifically the Nintendo market, um, kind of caught me by surprise. Uh, more to the point, um, the focus on... Um, Minor differences between uh, releases of games, like uh, print runs, like print uh, runs, misspellings, Rev A, uh, oval, like like a solid seal versus a you know look clear seal, all that stuff. Um, I was surprised to see that you know that stuff ended up taking precedence and also commanding more dollar value um, than truly rare. entries um some of those rare the rarer games like i always bring up say supercars sure not everyone's going to be excited about that but the fact that things like a certain print run of mario now command more uh attention than you know things like the nwc championship cards blows my mind i just 
I never really thought that we would get to that point. Well, we well we get to look at who's the, who the people are buying this. Yes, That's but still, I, I I didn't think we would get to that point, and I probably should have thought we would get to that point because it happens with everything, and f- the way Nintendo collecting was going, this was kind of like the last way for people who had already spent a lot of money in Nintendo stuff to kind of keep. I feel like the interest in Nintendo going, uh, the original Nintendo, the NES, um, and the pandemic played some role in that and keeping it popular. But in terms of popularity, the Nintendo, had, the the original Nintendo Entertainment System had already seen its time in the sun and had kind of worked through its natural course of progression and was on the downturn. And now it's still in the news because of the sealed collectors, but also because people were just playing whatever they had lying around during the pandemic. Um, but yeah, that's really weird to me. And like I said, the, the biggest thing is how we focus on these minor differences in a, as a way to make well, we these... We don't. No, but a lot of people do. Focus on the minor differences between runs as a way to bring value, I guess, to these otherwise massively produced and released items. I, I, again, when you say a lot of people, it's not a lot of... I always say, like, this is not a lot of people. Like, this is a small group of people. It's, it's, it is. Enough people to get the news out there and, well, and have well, it discussed we, and, and got to generate new, money. They got the news out there because it was a plan. I mean, sure. we've obviously established this. It was all planned out. Like, it was all... I mean, Carl Jobs did, did three hours of videos on it almost. Uh, we've talked about it for hours on length. Uh, over over the years, they had a plan. They actually, they, they, honestly, they, they they bought this stuff in the run up. Since some of them knew about it, or uh, some of the players had this stuff in their collections already. Um, so, well, that's they, what I'm saying. They could have done, done this with anything. That was the way to keep their investment already. Yeah. That was the way to keep an investment that was falling out of fashion. It was the, it was well, a way to breathe new life into it. Well, it wasn't. Well, not it was not just breathing new life. It's now that they can make millions off of the stuff they couldn't before. Yes. Um, new life. It was shot it to the moon, as as the crypto bros say. That's what they did. It was it was they could have conceived this in another collectibles market, but this was the only one untapped to that extent. This is the only one where they could do it because you know it's like whenever you see people talk about this, it's like you know um, the potential. I, I think these games are undervalued. Which whenever I say how do you th- how is something undervalued? By definition, it's worth what someone's gonna. Pay for it. That's right. what the value is. Value can change uh, over time, but just because the value of something changes over time oh, doesn't mean value. it was undervalued ten years ago. That's yes, what it was. That's the value of it. Um, it, it, it that's the natural progression of, of where it's gone up and down. That's the value of the object until you bring in these collectors that a lot of them didn't collect games before, didn't know game collecting was a thing. And now asking if they want to buy my NWC cards. And it's like, did you know that was a thing like three years ago or four years ago? Did you know that, that those existed? Right. Or now you're learning about them as a new hot item. Now it's all the FOMO. So like that's what I mean. It's a smaller group of people. But um, okay, yeah, that that surprised me. Of But then when you look at all the nefarious things that happened, it's like, well, you couldn't have expected that. I didn't expect it would be like that. Sure. I really didn't. But obviously once, we, once you saw like the Pawn Stars appearance – you, you found out we found out early on uh, we saw hey ha, you know Jim Halpern bought that Mario that he was part of the people that bought that Mario part of the group that then put that on Pawn Stars something's up uh, and, and that's when we were asking the tough questions about that why is you know why is the grading company uh, valuing the cart like that's a ridiculous and then so we were kind of on that pretty early with that stuff but that said um, that didn't surprise me the most. Uh, I, th- I think it surprised me how much it went from 
the past eight years where retro games was a lot more niche to now you have NES Classic, Super Nintendo Classic, Genesis Classic, uh, PlayStation Classic, uh, a lot more of these uh, mainstream retro game re-releases uh, that sold millions of them. And then on top of that, you have you know uh, Microsoft doing their own you know rare replay thing. Um, you have the big companies, not just the smaller ones, doing their re-releases. The big companies get. You can also on lump the uh, uh, mini arcade cabinets into this too. Sure, but in terms of the scale, though, like the large companies, like Nintendo, uh, doing it, Sony doing their own uh, mini console, um, and then following it up with you know the Switch Online service, and then. Like, really, there was this gap in time where, like, it seemed like there wasn't attention, attention paid anymore. It, it seemed like to the stuff from, like, the 80s and 90s. It was just, like, it was just a gap uh, to me. And a lot's happened the past five years uh, where now it's become, I'd say 2016 is probably the day where, or the year where it's like, now it's like, now it's getting back into people's attention again. It's also the past five years, we have a ton more, talk about all the video game documentaries that pop up every other month uh, now. Right. Past five years, that's happened a lot. Um, so it seems like we've aged enough where we're now the decision makers. We're now the ones in control of we should be spotlighting the stuff that we grew up with. We should be making these products again because 10 years ago that you would never have saw an NES classic. Just it was like who would have bought it 10 years ago? Like, yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, um, we have seen we have seen support for retro libraries in, in some ways. Uh in in ways that I never could have imagined in you know 2005 I guess yeah I always thought it'd just be weirdos like us that just liked all those old games and it had the original hardware I didn't think it would blow up to the point where people are now demanding certain games on you know the Switch online like I demand to see Earth and I like like there's been ways to play them forever but I guess now it's just I don't know it's 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 strange to see that yeah it's strange nah. well, a lot of these games were just niche uh, games forever. And you can play them anyway on emulators. So it seems like it's taken back over into now their commercial products again. It's interesting yeah. to see some of these products that have come out too that cater to the hardcore um, retro gamer that have taken off too. Um, I never would have thought, you know, 10 years ago that something like the Analog Pocket would have the demand that it does. Uh, yeah, 10 years now. ago. I mean, 10 years ago, Analog, they, they, they were doing Neo Geo stuff. Yeah, right. You know, like in 10 years, their whole business has been flipped it upside down they started with the you know the nt which remember was cannibalized famicom boards and then they did the mini and then they were taken off from there but yeah it, at first it was just like, oh we're getting to this really niche neo geo market at first and, and now it's it's like their products i don't know how many units they sell but obviously it's a lot for the business to make a new product every year so i mean they weren't selling that many neo geo joysticks compared to what they're selling now you know right yeah they just weren't. Um, and then the fact that we've been more accepted, like the the handheld revival, I don't think I would have saw that coming. I just don't think I would have saw that, that that like everything now is a handheld or, or, or leading into being a handheld from, yeah, from the I mean, Steam Deck and the Switch is a handheld. Steam Deck, Switch, Playdate, uh, Analog Pocket. I mean, four of the hottest tech items for games in the past couple of years are all... All portables. I actually canceled my Steam Deck yesterday. Um, 
not because I don't think it's a cool idea, but because my, my need for it is just kind of reduced since I upgraded my laptop. I don't really need a, yeah, I, don't, I don't need a I, replacement to my computer. I was on the fence, but then I said to myself, how much would I actually use this? Even if I had time to game a lot on the PC, at what point would I want to play some of these first-person shooters on a handheld versus with a mouse? You know what I mean? A mouse and keyboard? I, I, I just was thinking about, I'm like, it's not going to be a lot of scenarios to me. I like it, um, and I could see myself with one in the future, but... In July, when I pre-ordered it, it was going to be a replacement for my last laptop in terms of gaming. Mm-hmm. I was I, I had not taken the new job yet. I got the new job. I, I, I had a good reason to upgrade my laptop, and suddenly I've got a gaming laptop. So like, yeah. I just don't need it anymore. But I think it's I think it's cool. I think it is cool. Oh yeah, no, it's great. Like I said, like it's, it was it was uh, it's uh, it's undervalued. It's underpriced versus what you get. The components in it undervalued. Um, they're losing money on them. You're so undervalued. That was part of the appeal. Is like. Wow, I could take this to conventions, and this would be a powerful computer. I could like render videos off this if I'm. You know, then I was like, I'm not going to use this that much. I'm, I would use a tablet a lot more. So I'm, I'm looking. I don't have an iPad for some reason. I I don't have an iPad, and uh, that's the only thing I'm into the ecosystem. I I have an I have a you know uh, a MacBook Air, but I use Windows on it. I hate I hate the OS Mac OS for computers, but I it's love great it. Great on a phone. It's great on a phone. Awful for because computers. you don't want a phone to have a complex. OS like the Android Android phones like go I'm like what the fuck no. am I doing and you don't want to be in a walled garden on your laptop yes so they got it flipped there so yeah the only thing I like about as an aside the only thing I like about Apple phones is that the, the, your your phone's memory is tied to the fucking board so if I drop it in, into the sink or the, the, a fucking hot tub it, it goes really? out I didn't know that yeah that's that's what's bad about those that's that's why I like the one good thing I wish an iPhone had was ST cards I get it but they don't want their phones to be hacked. That's it's a security thing, right? I, I I totally get that. As an aside, though, so yeah, that's that's what surprised me. I didn't think re- retro gaming would come quote unquote mainstream. All these products coming out, all the handheld stuff, and the sealed game stuff has been wacky. But again, that's could be like you said, also part of everything's wacky during the during the pandemic. pandemic. Maybe sealed games is their version of NFTs. Well, it is pump and dump and greater fool theory. It is. So it's the sure. same. It's the same mentality behind getting people involved yeah you got it's you got to get more people in under you to raise your amount and eventually you exit yeah and they're stuck with the bag uh we got voicemails in you go to anchor.fm slash the cu podcast wow you got the .fm right mm-hmm. proud of you there thanks uh you go you can leave us comments about how pat's a puritan for not wanting a, a pokemon getting sh- uh, shot in the face puritan that is the word i was looking That's for it is very call puritanical me a, call me a prude <laughs> um the uh, the uh, sentiment was there. Yeah, Ian, we know what you're saying, but I had to call that as it was funny. Hey, boys, how you doing? Hey. This is Tootsie Daiquiri calling from the Hudson Valley region in New York. Okay. Just wanted to stop by, show a little love. Thanks. See what's going on. Let me find his voice. If Tommy Two Shoes is giving you any trouble, let me know. I'll have oh. Ginger Snaps take care of it. Hey. Right? hey. Now back to business. All right. <laughs> what's going on with this Halo Infinite multiplayer? I mean, me personally, I was always a Halo 3 guy. Level 50s in every ranked playlist. Team Doubles, Slayer, Lone Wolves, Shoddy Snipers, MLG, the whole bit. What's the incentive for me with this multiplayer now? Just to go up against the ever-grinding wheel of microtransactions, cosmetic skins, and more? Anyway, my time's up, boys. Bada-bing! And what's this world coming to? Thanks, Tootsie Smackins, or whatever your name we'll was. Call, I'll call him Johnny Halo. Um, <laughs> Nikki Halo. I don't know. I mean, I you can still play the multiplayer for, like, the joy of playing the multiplayer. 
and you don't have to grind against it. But I think what he's getting at is like, you know, all of these online, you know, games these days, it, it, the, the daily incentives and shit like that, that, that the way these games kind of sink their hooks into you and try to get more and more time out of you instead of just playing. Hey. And I agree with that. I play Raid Shadow Leg- Legends. I know the Leggings. struggle. <clears throat> Raid Shadow Leggings. Am I allowed to have one mis- Leggings. misspeaking? Leggings. I'm on it. All you right. caught me for right. prude. That was a misuse of a word. Come on. That was a misuse of leggings. Hello, Ian. What, what? Um, This is Michael out of Toronto. And I was curious about your thoughts on accessibility menus in video gaming. Um, I'm a disabled person who was out of video games for... A couple of console generations and I've been particularly impressed with the rise of accessibility menus um, particularly with games like Psychonauts 2 and the new Forza um, so yeah I was just curious if there was any particular games that stood out for you for accessibility menus that's something you pay attention to maybe if there's features that we could implement in future games so yeah just curious about your thoughts I am lucky enough to not have any major disabilities, so I don't spend a lot of time um, going into the menus, but it's obviously something I would like to see uh, more of. And I'm glad that more games are opening themselves up to gamers who who have disabilities. Um, You know, it, it sounds silly to mention it, but I am always tickled pink when I see a good... Uh, color blindness option in a modern video game um, that you know changes you know reticle colors and stuff like that um, and it really does it, it's a huge boost to my enjoyment of the game to actually be able to play it and see it properly so I can only imagine what it would be like for someone else with a different disability um, I have um, Look, I'm looking a little bit at the assist features in the Psychonauts 2, for intri- uh, for instance, and there's invincibility that you can turn on. There's no-fall damage. Oh. Um, narrative combat, I don't know what that means. Narrative combat gives combat? your guy a buff to combat damage so players can focus more on the story and action taking place without gotcha. having to be overly strategic. I think these are great ideas, and I think that, honestly, they should... I mean, if, if it's not a huge deal, throw them into... Um, throw these into the games. Let yeah. people uh, enjoy the game. There's a lot of people who think that it's going to, ru- you know, if 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 uh, I'm not saying force developers to do it, but people are like, oh, if you force developers to do it, it's going to ruin their image, or ruin, you know, what th- their vision of the game. And yes, it it very well might, but it's it's better than a person not being able to experience it all. I do think that personally, if you take the difficulty out of a game like Dark Souls. You've kind of ruined the point. Ruined the point of what Dark sure. Souls is. But if someone wants to be able to play around with Dark Souls and experience that game and ex- examine the world, I, I don't see why they shouldn't be get, able to get them in easy mode. I don't. Or right. Easy, yeah. I wouldn't. I. I. I, I would pr- probably just not play the game. But I, I get it. Not everyone can do that. So yes, I think that it's a good idea, and there should be hey, far Pat. more of them. Hey, Ian, it's Brad from Whippany again. Whippany, I know over the years on the podcast, you guys have covered a lot of bad, ill-conceived, or outright fraudulent, really crowdfunded retro video game products. I don't remember any. I was just wondering if there are any that have stuck out to you in the opposite way, something that was really good, or something that exceeded your expectations, or something that you're really impressed with. Thanks. Bye. Well, I can't think of any crowdfunded ones that have impressed me. Uh, I'm impressed what the Evercade team has done. 
I am. I'm impressed with what the Evercade um, team has done. They did what they've set out to do. It's not overly extravagant. It's still clever. The little ecosystem they have with with the with the handheld versus the the console, and they ha- and it's reasonably priced. I think it's, re- it's physical media. It's it's physical. It promised and gave you physical media. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah. so I, I can't think of any Kickstarters, but in terms of retro stuff that's done right that I think is always good, I'll just use this opportunity. Yes, the Evercade stuff, whether or not you it's going to be something you use is going to be entirely up to your scenario and what you want to play. However, I think the system, how they present the games, their PR, yeah. I think the Evercade is a great product if you want something to collect that has, that is old games. By all means, go for it. Doesn't try to do too much. Um, I think retro bits stuff is really good in terms of retro releases and re-releases. I think that stuff tends to be very good for hardware. Yeah, uh, for well, uh, oh, just for software. Yeah, yeah okay. again, when you were talking about like the cases and stuff, okay. their cases are always good. Their print material is always really good. I like all of that. And um, I brought that up in relation to the hardware. That's all. I had I had one other thing. Just because all of them promise physical media, and this is the only one that delivered a console with physical media. Oh, and I like the retrocade stuff too. I think that was originally maybe a Kickstarter before they they went on. I can't recall. Um, Replicade. Okay, Replicade. Yeah, yeah, not Retrocade. Replicade. I think that started as a Kickstarter, Um, and I'm impressed with everything I see from them. Hey, Pat. Hey, Ian. It's Foxandra from New Jersey. Joyzy. time of this recording, it is 5 a.m. Do you two want to know what I'm doing right now? Yes. 5 in the morning? What? I'm sitting here with archive.org open, scrolling through images of old shareware collection CDs to see if I recognize the one I got from a computer show back when I was a kid, because apparently I love digging through haystacks for needles. I vaguely remember what the CD looks like, and it has a bootleg version of Street Fighter 2 for DOS that replaced Vega with some dude named Andy. I don't even think it was Andy from King of Fighters. It might have just been some random guy named Andy. Anyway, I'm doing this because there's some garbage FPS on it I played back then that's been stuck in my head for two decades that apparently never existed. And I'm not going to describe it because every time I do, people say, oh, it's System Shock. And no, it's not System Shock. Stop telling me it was System Shock. I know what System Shock looks like, and it wasn't that. I'm going to go insane if I don't figure this out. Anyway, I was wondering if you guys ever went bonkers trying to remember some old weird game like this, too. I need some sleep, Vox. Sleep, lady. Uh, No, however, not a specific game, necessarily, um, but uh, a song. I once had a uh, Nintendo background, uh, well, a video game song stuck in my head. Uh, I could not remember what it was for the life of me. It was stuck in my head from my early teens until my early 20s. And one day, I had stopped looking for it. I had stopped searching for it. Couldn't figure it out. Bought a used copy of Jurassic Park for the Nintendo at the flea market. Came home. Popped it in. It was the first level of music from Jurassic Park that had been stuck in my head for wow. 10 years. A little psychic stuff going on. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, there was a game... Yes, there's boobs involved because, you know, I was a teenager. Boobums. Um, so we had um, uh, our version of Sam's Club was BJ's Wholesale in Jersey. Uh, this was like, I'd say, early to mid-90s, probably 92, 93. They used to bundle big box PC games that were years old and do like a three-pack. They would just sell a fan over like $15 for like three box games. 
these weren't popular games. They would they would have them in a box or whatever. The same way how uh, well KB would have their box of PC stuff that was a few years old. But this sure. was, these were bundled packs. There was one game that was scandalous to like a twelve or thirteen year old pet uh, because I remember on the back of the box it showed um, you like trying to like hit on a woman, but it wasn't Leisure Larry. And then there was another thing where it looked like it was something like a wet T-shirt thing. But this is like, it wasn't like a really dirty game. I searched for years. It's a game called Bar Games. From, uh, <laughs> from uh, I think it's Accolade did it. It's a bunch of mini games. There's, um, there's um, air hockey. I think there's darts, but I don't know. Uh, there is a little like multiple choice thing to try to hit on someone. To like get their number or take them home, but it's 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 PG, but it's like the right yeah. things to ask. But there is a wet T-shirt thing, which I believe is both men and women. That, but it's it's again, I found the YouTube video. They walk across the stage, and you have to time from above, uh, emptying buckets of water on them. And then the more you do it, the more you reveal the wet T-shirt <laughs> on it. So this game was in my head for like twenty over twenty years. I'm like, what? I'm like, did I dream seeing this game? Did I dream seeing this? Power and I found it. I found it a couple of years ago online. Uh, I, might, I might have searched like a a like a Banyanware site or whatever. But yeah, Bar Games was mine. That was it. I was like, "What the fuck is this game? Did I make this up? How can there be a wet T-shirt game on the console?" Hey, Pat and Ian, it's Sean from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, I have a quick question. I am uh, getting ready to move in with my new fiance, and I'm trying to figure out a good way to go about ensuring my collection. Um, I've started to do the documentation on a majority of it, uh, but I'm just trying to figure out, is there a particular place that you would go through for insurance for a pretty substantial collection? Okay, there is. I wish I could help you, but there is collectibles insurance places. There's one one that used to go to Comic-Con every year. Yeah, I remember. They always that. had a boot there. Mm-hmm. Collectible. What is it? There's the main one is collectibles insurance. Uh, there's there's a couple. Collectinsure.com. That's the, the main at one being advertised here. That's the one I believe. That's the main one. In theory, all your personal belongings are part of your homeowners or renters insurance. Insurance. Yes, I was going to say renters insurance. Oh. From what I hear, is actually a very good thing to have. Y- yes. Yeah. Because it covers not just your personal belongings. If I slip and fall in your kitchen. How are you going to cover my expenses? I can sue. Get the fuck out of my kitchen. Well, it's too late. You know, I, sl- I slipped on your cold, your cold uh, toppings pizza. Top. <laughs> so you, you need, and a lot of, it's required to own a house to have homeowner's insurance. Uh, and, oh, not everywhere, but a lot of places it's required to rent, to have renter's insurance. So you're not liable if something happens to you. Right. So you can, so you can keep paying your rent if you get sued or something happens or something. So the point is, is that on your, on your insurance policy, there will be personal belongings to a certain degree. That's maxed out, whether it's fifty grand, a hundred thousand um, dollars. If you have other sort of forms of collectibles, like sometimes you have to get an extra rider or get uh, more insurance on, like if you have jewelry or whatever, uh, you don't, in theory, need that. But the problem with video games is that it's not they don't the people running these insurance companies have no fucking clue how to price out video games. It's not like pricing out anything else, like jewelry or fine art, like. That's the one positive thing about this insanity the past few years. It helps establish that video games are worth a lot of money in the public eye, so the insurance comes and be like, oh, I see. Right. Insurance will actually take you seriously. They won't just be like, oh, these games are $2 each. Say if I lost my NES collection, I will give you 5 bucks a game. I'll be like, what? That's not a replacement cost. You know, that's... Suck my butt. Because I've heard that can be a thing where it's like, oh, we'll give you amount of money per game. 
thinking that they, that thinking that all games are equal. Like, no, every, like every Genesis game is going to be NBA Live '95. You know, like no, there's also Gargoyles. There's also you know Castlevania Bloodlines. Like, they don't care. So like, I'm not, I'm not saying you should go get separate collectibles insurance or not. It's up to I guess your insurance company, but you should definitely document everything you have, videotape it, have lists uh, of, of things, so that you can say, hey, listen, this is all the stuff I had. You know, and if something is super, 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 super expensive, you might think about getting, um, putting your shit in a bank vault or into in, in a you know safe deposit box. Like I have some stuff. I do a few more here. Hi, Pat. Hi, Ian. This is Vince from Northern California. Ian, this question's for you. Okay. I noticed I just got a package of Skittles with lime in them. I'm not talking all lime. I mean the normal red Skittles package with yep. lime instead of green apple. Just got to know your thoughts, man. Oh, I'm, I'm extremely happy. It's like one of the, one of the most joyous occasions. I, Skittles were my favorite candy growing up. Favorite. Could not beat a, sk- no, a bag of Skittles. The, the beauty with which lemon, lime, orange, grape, and strawberry mixed together. The way every taste of the rainbow was delicious but slightly different. It was a harmony. And then Skittles decided they needed to get, uh, I don't know, fucking fancy. And they replaced uh, lime with green apple. They went woke. They went broke. I'm going to hit you. Why would they do that? Like, why would they think that? Because because they wanted line? to chase short term headlines to get news to get news. Gotcha. So they did like a contest where they were like, "Oh, we're going to replace lime with green apple," and then they were like, "Vote on it," and then oh, people were God. like, "Yeah, we love green apple." And then like within a year, people were like, "This sucks. Green apple does not mix does not at all. It's not citrusy at all. It's not with citrusy. Strawberry, grape, lemon, orange." And lime. It took out a citrus. It completely threw off the balance of Skittles and ruined yeah. what was one of the most delicately, finely balanced candies. Lemon and lime. Lemon, green apple? No. In history. That's bad. So, seven years, eight years, they've Only let this happen, if not longer. And this isn't the first time they've done it either. Ooh. First time they did it, they took it back to lime very quickly. But for like eight years, we've had to deal with lime. And then last summer, they did... Apple? They did uh, with green apple. Last summer, they did all lime bags, which I got some of. Okay. But it was a slap in my goddamn dick because I told them, I told Skittles, I got on the Twitter and I told them to their face. I said, Skittles, this is fucking bullshit. We just want lime back in the regular bag. I don't need a whole bag of lime Skittles. So you, like, you like filter some into each bag you get? You're there? fucking that's- asshole. Yeah. So uh, that's what I did. I, I went and I bought regular bags of Skittles. With the green, the, apple, the green apple, I took out all the green apples and I counted and I replaced them with lime and I made multiple bags like of original sh- and I up. shook them and uh, for a couple okay. months I, I enjoyed right. really delicious um, uh, right. original Skittles right. and then they were like, yeah, we're going to have them back in stores by October. They did not. Must be that chip shortage that's affecting the Amico. It's affecting Skittles as well. Skittle shortage? They did not get the lime back in the regular bags until... Uh, until January, but if uh, this if month, yeah, this month. Okay. But if you're asking, have I purchased Skittles since? The answer is oh yes. Oh Jesus. The answer is oh yes. I have purchased a lot of Skittles since. I told Skittles all they needed to do to get me back as a customer, uh, to make it my my sixth food group, um, again was to uh, put lime back in, and they did. I'm glad, Ian. That's really the big Our news. National night. That's the big big news of this 300th episode is oh. lime is back. Our our, in- our Skittles national nightmare is over. Thank God.
Hey guys, it's John from Houston, Texas again. I was just thinking about when I was a little kid going up to Blockbuster on Friday or Saturday, and there were some games that I just wouldn't pick up because of the uh, horrible box art. What are some games that y'all can think of that have horrible box art omitting Mega Man 1, of course, uh, that are actually really great games to turn on to people? Thank you. Half the Turbo Graphics uh, library. We talked about sort of like the, yeah, the Turbo Graphics the, library is bad. The, the, it's horrifying how bad the, it's. It's like a ten year old did the art on some of those. The uh, Master System graphics. Uh, Box is pretty the bad same too. person. Yeah, it's it's, 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 it's definitely it's, different, but it's very very um, simple. The Alex Kid box art is like some of the worst. It's just this little fish. Hey. Uh, the pro wrestling one of the guys holding a decapitated person is holding a head in a headlock, but it's his head. It's like who 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 who. Approve that? Right, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Like the like the tennis games, just a tennis racket. Like the sports games are really like really like at baseball. He's like, here's a bat. Like it's it's so simplistic. It's insane. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, in terms of like NES games, there's a lot of NES games that bad at box art. When you really uh, Ghost Line is one of the ones that I always go to. Mm-mm. Where it's yeah. like it's like an, yeah, it's, it's bad. Like, it's like an '80s video uh-huh. with a blonde on the cover. It's like what? What game? What game is this? Like what is this about? You, you can't tell promo art for the new Bengals album or some shit. Do you think that this generation is going to last longer? Um, do you think we're going to move on in the standard five-ish years, or are we? going to see the market kind of stop with the hardware upgrades curious what you think we're always gonna have to upgrade hardware but i think these five-year six-year things won't it only makes it only makes sense if the, if the manufacturers need more money like if that's how they make their money like every six years you need a new console every seven years Otherwise, I think we're getting to the point where, like, we're going to run out of – we're going to be diminishing returns, and the old hardware will be acceptable as long as it's supported. Because we're always seeing that with – we're seeing that with, with – obviously with computers. It's just, okay, get a new graphics card every five years, and you should be good. You know, like, we're, the speed is becoming less and less an issue. It's now just, well, is memory faster, and what's the, what's the power of your GPU? That's, that's what's, what's been happening more and more uh, with stuff. But, you know. Like I said, it depends on if they, if they support it. If, if they stop supporting PS5 games five years from now, you got to get the PS6. Well, okay. Yeah. Because we still, we still got to do the ray tracing. That's the final frontier. You get that ray tracing going. Are hardware upgrades uh, as, as required as frequently now? No, I don't think you need them as much, but I think we're going to see them just as often because it's a money. Like you said, it's a, mon- it's a money making. Yeah. Unless, unless it's Microsoft says, you know, we're done with, done with consoles. Game Pass took over the universe in five, ten years. So we don't care anymore. Right. We don't have to worry about manufacturing shit and having chip shortages and who cares if the profit margin isn't that great anyway, if at all, on this stuff. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Uh, do one more? Sure. We'll check in with... Uh, with uh, Special someone? I don't know. It, it, this, this, is a, this is a different uh, person, I think. Hey, you don't know me. Uh, Tommy leave his opponent here last night. This is Tony. I'm his ninth cousin. Tony Tallarico from Palermo, you know, Sicily. Yeah, Tommy come over here last night. He said, hey, Tony, I want to show you this thing, uh, Miko. I said, oh, Miko, like a friend. So he plug it in. I sit down. I play with it for five minutes. I said, it is sitting out of my friend. I said, how much money people pay for this? He said, two fifty. I said, oh, that's not so bad. $2.50. He said, no, 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 200 
All right, Tony. <laughs> Tony, Tony, let me know if, if you ever get Tommy's uh, phone again, Tony. That yeah. Was, hey, it's not. Uh, <laughs> oh <my> Tony. <laughs> oh, the Tony. Of shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was fun. Well, that was uh, that certainly was a 300th episode of the CU podcast. It was a spectacular. It was a spectacular episode. It's good. Maybe we'll, we'll do a celebration stream or something. We think about it. Yeah. We'll think about something. Do something we live. Do. We'll do it live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. All right. That's Ian. Tom and Jerry shirt proud. Showing oh, yeah. through. Um, I'm Prudish Pat Conchie. We'll see Prudish, you later. Prudish Patrick. Puritanical Pat. Bye bye.